Well, welcome to the More to the Story podcast. This is going to be one of the best because I have a three-time guest coming on. But before I introduce him and before I tell you more, I just want to make sure you know that the More to the Story podcast is brought to you by Wesley Biblical Seminary, where we are developing trusted leaders for faithful churches. And as the Global Methodist Church is emerging, we're hearing that there are many churches that are looking for faithful pastors. And we want to do all that we can to help train them and help equip the church um, with the, the leaders that we're training on a regular basis. So if you are interested in learning more about WBS, Wesley Biblical Seminary, go to wbs.edu. Also, I'm thankful to Keith Waters and his company, Waters Development. They do capital campaigns, feasibility studies, mission planning studies all over the country. They've helped nonprofits, schools, churches really think about their future and how they can get there. And they've been a sponsor of this podcast ever since it started. So I'm so thankful to Keith and his team. So you can find out more about them at wpodevelopment.com. Also, if you are interested in learning how you can go deeper in your own teaching and preaching, I encourage you to go to my website and sign up for my email list at andymillerthethird.com. That's andymillerii.com. And I have this 45-minute mini course on going deeper in your teacher teaching and preaching. And it's a eight-page document that's available for you and a video teaching. So I'd love to share it with you. So go and sign up for my email list at andymillerthethird.com. All right. I'm bringing in the first ever three-time guest to the More to the Story podcast, and that is my man, Dr. David E. Clark. Dr. Clark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andy. I, I, I. It's so great <laughs> to be here. <laughs> three times. There it is three. I've had people on twice, but you're the first three-time guest. And look, I am a mega fan of David E. Clark Ministries because you know how I know that? Because Facebook told me that I am a top fan. <laughs> I'm a top fan. So I, well, I just love what you're doing. Now, look, Dr. Clark, you are becoming a, a phenomenon on TikTok and Facebook. What's up with that? Oh, my goodness, Andy, you wouldn't believe it. What God can do. This whole <laughs> new ministry of helping abused wives, especially get out of these abusive, narcissistic relationships, is just taken off. If you can believe this on TikTok, my son-in-law, Phil Dugas of Dugas Creative, is doing all this. Yeah. And so he's got these the TikTok videos. One has over 8 million views. Oh, my goodness. It's like, uh, Eight I, it's, million. like it's incredible. So we've hit a chord. I come across pastors all the time that don't think narcissism is really a big deal. Oh well, my. you know what? It is a big deal. It's spreading. All kinds of ladies are fighting with this. Some men, too. So it's like, whoa. So praise God. He's just really, we're almost too busy. I was moving into semi-retirement. That's over with now. We are. Okay. <laughs> we're not I slowing down. It. It's interesting. I think you, as you've become bigger lately. Now, look, I, in, my, in my mind, you've always been big because to me, <laughs> I've been following you for more than a decade and I like I've known what known the type of things you're doing, but we, you were on last year with your book. I'm going to hold it up. Uh, the book came out through Moody Press. Uh, enough is enough. Well, you know, and initially we got a couple of nice responses and some some people reached out and I think it really touched them. Well, I, Dr. Clark, in the last month, that video has had 1500 views on on uh, YouTube. Wow. It's amazing. It's, it's gathering steam. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so why is narcissism something <laughs> that you're so interested in talking about? What is it about narcissism that, that you think is important? This is in our society. Not it's important. Why is it a tragedy? Like what's going on? 
Oh my goodness. It, it's just accelerating. I always saw it in my practice, but over the last probably five, six years, I think it's just really mushrooming, becoming, the, becoming part of our consciousness. Even in Christians, we're always behind the curve, the Christian church, but you know, you take God out of society, out of the universities, out of the schools, off the school boards, uh, you know, and, he, and he's, he's really out of the culture, can't talk about it. We see this anti-Christian coming in. Okay, well, what do you expect? That leaves us with ourselves. We're already selfish, the old nature. Right. Social media is fueled the, the breakdown of the family, which can be a part of sport. When, when families break down, you either spoil the children, which creates narcissism because you're making up for what you did to them, or they're treated so badly that, you know, if I'm a, I'm a boy or a girl, that's, I have to survive. And so it's about me. I got to get through this. I got to cope. And so that breeds narcissism. Wow. And of course, our politicians are narcissists. Our leaders are narcissists. I <laughs> whoa. Yeah. So when we tackle this problem, we get to a place where we realize that that's what's going on. What's the response if you realize that you're a narcissist or you're living with a narcissist? Like how, what, what's some quick responses that we can have? Maybe there is no quick response. Well, with Dr. Clark, there's always a quick response. <laughs> Look, if you're a narcissist, I, 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 that's not, I don't help you. I have other people I can send you to. Uh, not many of them. If you're a dyed-in-the-wool, full-blown narcissist, you're not changing. Very small okay. segment. I okay. mean, 5 6%, that's probably high. So I'm working with the victim, the one who's caught. Usually a woman could be a man caught with this, this narcissist. And it's not just a selfish person. It's well beyond that. I just a lousy husband. This man's destroying you. He's criticizing you. He's ripping you to pieces. He's taking your identity. He's poisoning your own kids against you. It is just an ongoing nightmare. And so we're talking about a monster. So I'm going to help you biblically with the Moody book and the 20 lies book. We have a whole collection of materials, videos too, to get you strong enough to leave the guy. Mm. Then he has a chance, golden opportunity to in fact break and change and repent. Take him eight, nine, 10 months to a year to really prove it. Most of them aren't going to do that. And so God will direct you. But we're we're having a lot of success doing that. God's just blessing what we're doing. We, we feel like we're on the right track. And so it's a, it's a hard thing because at some point, because of the narcissist behavior and because of what they're doing to their wives, and I'm just going to say that. I mean, it, sometimes, of course, it's also wives to men. Uh, uh, the wife is a narcissist. But if that is the case, like you're you're leading them to divorce in, in some many cases. Like, is that a tough thing to have to work through? I mean, but it, this gets to the issue of abuse in general. Like we need to encourage people to get out of abusive situations, right? Yeah, I'm, I guess it's the way God's made me. I'm okay with that. I wasn't okay. for 30 years. We're saving marriages. And of course, I, would, I don't recommend divorce, but I'm, I'm moving closer to you got to get out. I will just tell people, get out. Uh, wow. and, and, and you don't have any, you know, many options. God's going to lead you. I'm okay with that. It's been a weird kind of a transition, but I feel like God is blessing what we're doing. And this is why God has these biblical exceptions in the Bible. These are catastrophic events. Even yeah. one incidence of adultery is catastrophic and the marriage is over. Now, can you rebuild it? If the person repents, absolutely. You can. I've helped hundreds of couples do that. Abandonment by the, the non-Christian catastrophic marriage over. Now, I believe, of course, this chronic, ongoing, never going to stop emotional abuse is also a biblical reason. Can build mm. a whole can build a whole biblical case for that. And so that is also that ends a marriage. 
So what yeah. you're doing, if you do, if God guide, guides you to file, you're only formalizing what is already happening. Your, your spouse has destroyed the marriage. He's on the way to destroying you. It's okay to get out. Absolutely it is. So you've said that you've, you've added the idea of emotional abuse as well, which is a kind of like a, a, a not always been there, not something that the Christian community has emphasized. Tell me about that. Boy, this, this is probably the last two years, and this has kind of been part of the fuel of what we're doing now. Dr. Wayne Grudem, yeah. who, uh, who I've always respected, I, I think he's brilliant. He has come to this conclusion. He wrote a small book about it. He's got some online material. I thought, wow, I always kind of wanted to believe that because <laughs> this guy's a crumb, get out. But I really only had the first two. Well, he makes a strong case. First Corinthians seven fifteen is is kind of the hallmark of his case. First Corinthians seven fifteen b, when it says it, the first part, of course, is the abandonment by the unbeliever. Now we okay. know that's very clear. Okay, you can get out. That's that's a reason for divorce because that person wants out. Okay, but the second half of that verse, in such circumstances, I love his case. It's like a wow, it's like Gary Chapman's five love languages. Whoa, I didn't never thought of it. That's that's where. He's paralleling that in the same way as if it was an abandonment by an unbeliever. That level of trauma, that's another reason. Of course, we have Old Testament uh, support as well as, as well as other teaching, dealing with the serious sinner. Yeah, I believe it's true. And of course, we look at a loving father. For yeah. heaven's sake, why would he want you to stay with a man, even stay in a marriage with a man who is destroying you and your kids? Well, he, he wouldn't want that. Right, right. Look, you know, Dr. Clark, part of the reason I love having you on so much is, first, well, first of all, I just like being around you, okay? Uh, I feel the same way. I'm well, a thank you. Massive fan of you. I'm not sure if <laughs> Facebook says that, but I'm a fan. Okay. <laughs> I know. You're probably not even on it yourself, but, uh, you know. I'm not. Phil Dugas is doing all this. <laughs> I love it. It's like, you know, I, 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 I've always appreciated your ministry, and but, but this, a second reason is the other times I've had you on, Every time, I'm, okay, just two times. Those two times, there have been people who have connected with me. I've sometimes connected them with you, connected them with your books, who have left abusive situations. Look, yeah. and, and sometimes I wonder, like, is this a narcissistic thing, me doing the podcast in general? Like, am I just like trying? But I really believe that God uses the opportunity to have conversations. Even the fact that you and I have a friendship and we are in Tampa, Florida together and all this sort of thing, that God uses that to help people get out of terrible situations where somebody who is willfully sinning is abusing another person. So I just want to encourage people to listen to these words of Dr. Clark. I mean, one of the things, Dr. Clark, that comes up sometimes people who are in these situations is that they don't want to disappoint God. Like they think somehow that if they can't change their husband or, or their spouse or they're in an abusive situation that they're going to disappoint God. How do you respond to that? Oh, I tell them, and this shocks them when I tell them that. And these, these are good-hearted souls, and they really have hearts of gold, and they don't want to disappoint God. I tell them, look, you're going to disappoint God if you stay. Look at it from the other direction. Wow. The staying glorify Him, and that's why we're here on earth, serve and glorify the Lord. Well, it, this does not glorify Him. So I have to kind of get their thinking changed, and I'll show them the verses and, and, and how what does staying do. And frankly, even though I don't really care about the narcissist, Frankly, you know what? It, the, the only opportunity he's ever going to have to change is when you leave him. Wow. If you stay, that's enabling. That's codependency. He thinks everything's fine. These guys are clueless and they don't care. So you're, 
and this is biblical too. God gives all of us an opportunity. You're giving right. him an opportunity. Wow. Not really about that. I say, look, this is now about you, not in a selfish way. This is about you and your kids now. Been about the narcissist for 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years. Now it's about you. And you have every right to protect your, yourself. I talked to these ladies in their 60s and, 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 and late 50s, and, and they're still with a narcissist. And their kids hate them. And they're, and they're broken down physically. And they're broken down emotionally. And I say, if you can still get out. You've still got time. God's still going to bless you. But the cost... We're trying to get them out as soon as we can, frankly. Mm. Well, and one of the things that you do, I mean, you have several books that do this. Maybe you could point to one. Is like a lot of people have very practical questions like how to work with a lawyer. What does this mean? I mean, they, they, maybe people have zero financial life. You know, like how are they going to be able to make it work? Um, what, what, what's one of those books that you can point people to um, if they're looking for a plan for how to get out of the situation? We've got a one-two punch, Andy. We got the 20 lies that keep you with your abuser book, which really attacks the codependency. Look, there it is. There it is. Here it is. Yeah. My, my fan is showing it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, top fan. Top, top fan. The my biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about you. So that that gets the codependency out of it and begins to strengthen the woman as she's still with the guy. Because you don't leave tomorrow. You're not ready to leave. You gotta be strong, gotta get the kids ready, gotta get, gotta get assertive, gotta get close to the Lord, gotta build your support team. And so there's a shift and you're getting your identity back through the 20 lies book because you've given that up and you feel like you're you're helpless. Right, right. That gets you strong. Then we shift over to the Enough is Enough book, which means I can sell two books, and that's always good. The blonde has her needs here at the house. <laughs> and then watch a video on TikTok and YouTube and all those places. That's right. Now, enough is enough is a very specific preparation plan. Biblically, why you can leave, why God actually wants you to leave. Not just okay with it. He wants you to leave if yes. you're with a monster. And I define abuse very carefully. I don't want to be misused. And then, of course, the biblical support and then step-by-step -step prep preparation. Now, you'll like this, Andy. Right now, I'm writing a brand new book. This is going to be revolutionary. And a lot of Christian radio people aren't going to have me on. But Andy Miller, I, 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 will. Anyway, oh, you got it. Yeah, I'm having you back. This is, it's called Escaping Your Narcissist. It's going to come out probably in the fall. Self-published uh, because no one's touching this book. And I'm talking about actually what to expect when you divorce a narcissist. And, okay. and a very, not, not, now you've decided, you've gone through the first two books. Okay, now I'm getting out. Going and, and you're, you're filing what that process is like. Oh, it's, and it's a nightmare. If living with a narc is bad, divorcing him is awful. So you gotta got to be strong. So I'm going to get the, the lady strong, all the different uh, areas of strength, and then just to survive and get through. Wow. So the, this there's a whole nother, another category of things that need to happen after you actually make the moves, because I'm, I'm sure they're not happy with how this works. Right? Like they, they, they oh, liked okay. the arrangement they had. Oh, you, you threaten a narc's control and his image. Oh, my! Now he doesn't love you. He only loves himself, but he doesn't want to be divorced. They'll rarely file. He wants to stay married to you, legitimacy, take care of the kids, uh, you know, making love to you, even though it's, it's just sex for him. You know, but he he wants and he can do whatever he wants. Oh, you're threatening that. And also it's his money. I don't care if you make more than him. It's his money. Wow. And so, oh, the back got to get ready for the backlash. He's going to hire a nasty, sleazy attorney and, and you're going to have to fight that. So all the steps, get, protecting your kids. Mm. Fake repentance. I'm covering the waterfront. It's going to be very intense and very specific. I'm when I'm writing a book, I, I feel like I'm never closer to God because He's right with me, and we're doing it together, and it's wow. coming together beautifully. Oh, I love it. Okay, now one of the things you do is you 
help, and I think you've done this in multiple books, define codependency. Like you have a, a distinct definition, Christian codependency. Yes, I what, do. Here it is. It begins with following popular Christian advice, which is kind of sad because many pastors are clueless and they and they fuel this. So following popular Christian advice, let me, let me try to get this done right. Yes. And fueled by deeply entrenched lies. Of course, that's why the book is called 20 Lies. Yeah, yeah. You, you give up your identity, who you are, what you think, what you feel, your hopes, your dreams, even your relationship with the Lord and your service for him in a desperate, unbiblical, destructive attempt to change the abuser you live with. Mm -hmm. This is not garden variety codependence where I'm married to a wonderful guy and he's, he's a, he, I treat him like a king and, and I'm kind of codependent, but he takes care of me. I'm not talking about that. This is a codependent on a dirt ball who's destroying you. Mm. But you're thinking, you, and these poor ladies, they think they're doing the right thing. It's an epiphany when they realize I'm not doing the right thing. I'm enabling this guy to continue the abuse. And it takes time for the gears to change. This doesn't happen overnight. All right, and in three, two, one. These ladies are amazed when they realize they're doing the wrong thing by staying, the wrong thing by keeping, trying to love him and read marriage books and talk to the pastor and go to marriage counseling. You don't waste your time in marriage counseling with a narcissist. Mm. If he's, you lose either way. When I saw those guys, I confront them right away because that's who I am. They're out my door in five minutes. I hate you. You're a quack. Okay, fine. And then I work with the other lady. Or if, you, if you're more passive and you're trying to build a relationship with the narcissist and kind of draw him in, eventually you're going to have to say, hey, how about your issues? And he'll still bolt. Wow. So it's just a waste. If you don't do that, you get your own personal work to get strong enough to leave him. He doesn't know that, but that's what you're doing. Wow. Let me ask you a question then uh, outside of marriage, where, when you're dealing with narcissists in other contexts, maybe it's work, maybe it's a, a boss, maybe it's family, maybe it's extended family, maybe it's a neighbor. I don't know. what is. Could you give some advice for dealing with narcissists in those situations? It's not as um, probably as terrible as it is in the, in the sense of marriage because you're under the same roof, but we're having to learn to deal with these situations all over society, since this is almost a pandemic in itself. Oh boy, it's a good point, Andy. I'm dealing more, more and more with those cases too. Yeah, the boss, the coworker, the mother-in-law, I shouldn't say mother-in-law, the father-in-law, yeah. your own father, your own mother, your brother or sister, right? And if you work for the man and, and then you have a supervisor who's like that, oh, now you don't live with them, which is good. But yeah, this is a case where you have to learn how to manage them and how to deal with this person. In a, in a firm but Christ-like way. And there's ways to manage. Uh, if you need your job, for example, and you need to stay in that relationship, okay, for a while, okay. Ultimately, you can leave if you have to. If it's a relative, I don't care who it is, the Bible's clear, there are no caveats on sin. And this sort of behavior is sinful. And mm. so you confront it in, in reasonable ways. And if they don't respond, like Matthew 18, 15 through 17 indicates, okay. Game over, relationship suspended until there's repentance. Wow. That could be the rest of your lives because these people don't change. But to continue to go over to the person's house and have them criticize your kids or treat you like garbage, you don't have to do that. Mm. Just think they have to. Well, it's my family. It doesn't make any difference. Now, you don't just suddenly cut them off. They have ample opportunity. And scripture indicates stages of confrontation. 
I talk to you. I bring in one or two witnesses. I go to my pastor, see if he'll help me. Nobody does this. You should. Boom, boom, boom. And then if they don't respond to that, okay, I'm mm. done. Not mm. coming over for Christmas. There's maybe Christmas cards or you might reach out. No, thinking of you, loving you, but you're done. Mm. If you don't do that, they're obviously never going to change. They have no reason to. If I can disrespect you and damage you and you take it, am I going to stop? No, I'm not going to stop. Wow. So it takes that moment of like really having to have the confidence and the strength to stand up in those situations, right? To be able to call, just like you do, like it, it, it to, to change the behavior, the woman in, in the marriage context, the woman leaves, right? And I'm again, I'm just using the woman as an example. Um, and and, and you, you think the same thing happens in other relationships as well? It's like, you need to have that moment where you say, this, is, this relationship isn't gonna be marked by this anymore. Right, same thing. You can have an adult child, an adult prodigal who's, who's disrespecting the Lord and you and living a sinful lifestyle as an adult. Okay, you're going to go through some stages of confrontation because prodigalism is a part of, is, is a form of narcissism. It's the same thing. Oh, interesting. I, I'm done. I, I, I've spoken the truth. The relationship may remain on some level, but it's not going to be the same. Wow. Now, that's a new book you have coming out, right? Um, it is. In fact, this is, yeah, I can show it. I'm not sure if you, yeah, adult yeah, I children. Yeah. I just happen to have it right here. What a shocker. Adult <laughs> children who break your heart. This is available now. Oh, so man. many people are in this spot. And again, I think it's part of the fueling of narcissism. It's just really increased the prodigal adults that we have in our society. Because society tells every single one of them in these categories, you're fine. Mm. Homosexual, no problem. Uh, transgender, hey, great. Let's have a parade. When, when they're destroying themselves, right. we're living all these young people that are Christians and they're living with each other wrong. It, it's sinful. Right. Uh, cutting off your parents, cutting off the Lord, all the different societies fine with that because you can do whatever you want and mm. it's okay. Uh, so we're, we're fighting that. And again, it's the same thing. You're going to confront it. I've got a series of steps. I always have a plan. And then we, we move out of that relationship. And then when they make a call and they're ready to repent, as the Bible teaches us, everything changes, of course, right. from that. Well, as a result of the sexual revolution and all that we're experiencing now with the way people and Christians and Christian leaders are changing their views on human sexuality, you know, how does it generally happen? It comes because of a, a family member a lot of the times. It's like, well, I have this family member and they're it maybe comes to a place where you don't want to say the the hard truth. You don't want to acknowledge that that there is a move that the lifestyle that is existing is against God's design and it's ultimately hurting someone. Why? Because that, that puts us in an uncomfortable situation. And you know, at Wesley Biblical Seminary, we have a, a conference that's going to be happening in mid February, where we're like really tackling this question. Um, and and this is, is going to get us in trouble. And many seminaries wouldn't do this, but David Clark would sign up for this, I'm sure. I am and with it's, you. It's like, is human sexuality dogma, Christian dogma, or is it just mere opinion? Is it? A, and this is what's separating churches. Many of my listeners are a part of the Global Methodist Church. Many are part of the Salvation Army and other like have Wesleyan denominations and non-denominational churches. Everybody's dealing with this, right? But are we willing to say this isn't just something that faithful Christians disagree about? Um, and if we do land in a place where we think that the nature of the human body, human sexuality as a whole, and the way we express that, the distinctions between male and female is Christian dogma, then we actually have to live differently because of that truth. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. I would love this conference. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it takes guts to do that. Because now not only are we against society, of course, that's always been the case, even more so now. Now we're against many in the church. Right, Look, right. What does God say in the Bible? It's clear as a bell. People are twisting that, misinterpreting. No, no. He says this. Now we love them. We care for them. We try to we try to convert them. We try to get them out of the out of the sinful sexuality in all of its forms. Living with someone and and having sex with that person outside of marriage is just as bad as right, a homosexual right. relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not going to allow them to serve in the church or be leaders. And churches are starting to do that because we hate to offend anyone. Right. Jesus offended people so much that they killed him. So we need to step up. Now it's done in love. Right, the, right. The, the Christians, legalists who just cut them off. They, they can't come here. Well, of course not. We're loving, we're caring, no matter what the category of sin. And we're all sinners. We are trying to you know, sanctify with, with the Lord's power and become different and change. And of course they can change. Right. Society says, no, you're born that way. God doesn't say that. That's never been true and it's not true now. And I imagine somebody's listening, Dr. Clark, to this podcast right now, and they're like, well, my, my son just came out, or my, my child just came out, or, or they're presenting as another gender. And you're, this book that you have coming out, dealing with the heartbreak of the prodigals in your life, um, what, what you're suggesting is you need to have an act, a plan of action for the narcissist prodigal, right, to help them get back on track, not just merely to accept their behavior. Right, which is what society wants you to do and what they want you to do. This would be putting you in a sinful position. Now, it's hard, as you say, it's awkward. And, and in many cases, it's going to lead to a broken relationship, at least for a time. But there's a wow. chance, and there's all kinds of steps that I apply to all prodigal scenarios. And I zero in on 10, and one of them is the, my, my son's come out as gay or my daughter's come out as lesbian, whatever. And that's just a hard, talk about a heartbreak. Oh, man. It them that way. Oh, my goodness. And you know the horror they're going to face because it it's not God's plan and it doesn't work. It's never worked. Right. But you're going to take care of your own parental sin. You're going to, you're going to confront sin lovingly but firmly, and there'll be boundaries on the relationship. Not going to be well-received. Right. Well, we look want, out we for this to... book, folks. It's coming, it's coming soon. And, um, and maybe we'll have you on to talk about it again. I would love that. But bef before we finish up, you said something that's kind of interesting to me. And it, it, we're going to talk about a contemporary issue. So people who are going to watch this video in 2050, when this is like over a million views. <laughs> it's a time capsule. You, right. you might not know what's going on. But January 2023, uh, in the church world, a story of a well-known church leader, Andy Stanley, has kind of come to the fore. And me might not know about this. And I have a reason for asking you, because I'm thinking of this through the lens of behavioralism and like the the reality of like what we want people to do like you confront you work with people confront people when they're in the midst of sin and you want to lead them to another place well he's just i don't know if it's recent a video has emerged maybe of a past conference where he's saying well all the gay people and now i'm summarizing here forgive me for not getting this perfect i'm all all the gay people in my church are the best volunteers and and they've been abused for so long and the church hasn't liked them so we need to do all that we can and i just wish that basically my heterosexual uh, um, people in my church would be just as good and have as much faith as the gay people in my church. And so he uses that term very kind of broadly, but it's this, it's this interesting thing. Like, and I, I've always appreciated the fact that he's trying to help people think about unchurched people, getting people into a place where they're going to be in a position to be able to accept Jesus, to become Christians. But there's a little bit of uneasiness that I feel with this. Like, I feel like it's not 
dealing with the truth altogether. Like, I just wonder when they will, but I'm curious how you, you respond to that in trying to think about human behavior. I would say Andy, if Andy called me, he won't. But Andy, not this Andy, the other Andy Stanley, Andy, you've gone too far. If we agree, I think we would, that what they're doing in their lifestyle is destroying them, then we, we have to take a stand against them. We love them. They are invited to the church. They certainly can attend. They cannot, small groups, all that. However, they cannot serve and they cannot lead. That, that would be a violation of scripture because of the lifestyle. Any more than a, than a couple in their 50s who know Jesus and who are living together also, it'd be the same thing. Right. But this, this is this is this cultural creep. We know what Andy's trying to do. We want to be inclusive and have them come. And then maybe along the way, they'll make a change because of that love. No, they won't. Because what you end up doing is enabling. Wow. You're applauding. You're approving. You, you can't do that. You come alongside of them once you realize what's happening and the pastor and the key leaders have to be trained and on board. It's always done in love. We have a concern. We'd love to have you come here and sit under the word. But your but the lifestyle is is a sinful lifestyle. And that's because God says it is and because it's destroying you. And so let's let's work together when you're ready to 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 get you out of this lifestyle. Now, if they never come back to your church, you, okay. But that is a seed that's planted. And, and maybe it will impact them down the road. They're driving their cars, anybody in serious sin, over a cliff. They're going towards a cliff. And, and now Andy Stanley is, in effect, you know, standing by the side and going, yeah, hey, hey, I like your car. Everything looks good. They're going over the cliff. We have to get into the road and see if we can stop them. Wow. wow. That's, that's not fun to do, but that's, that's what biblical leaders need to do. Wow. It protects the body. Right. Okay, I, that, you know, and that, that would mean you're never gonna you're never gonna teach on that because you might offend them. We need to teach the entire scripture, right? And that's part of it. Wow. Always in well, love, never you know, criminations or you know making them feel bad or you know you're going to hell. Nothing like that. It's just this is wrong. Here's why it's wrong, and here's the way out. I mean, these are the loving responses, and it's the same thing that you've talked about throughout your ministry of dealing with a narcissistic spouse who's abusing, like ab abusers prodigals and the like we want them to get in a better place and we do that because we love them and we speak the truth in love so there's like jesus comes full of grace and truth we want to make sure that we're finding ways to do that okay i know i'm taking your time is there anything happening uh, anything else you want to talk about any more to this story to dr clark before we say goodbye boy just just to praise god he is just of course we know he's awesome we were kind of, in a sense, kind of winding down and we, God has blessed us with some finances. And it's like, I think I'm going to do a few things. <laughs> God has a different plan. And this is, we are, we are galvanized. We're energized. The blonde and I are working with Phil Dugas, my son-in-law, and things are just happening. And we feel like, man, it's just revitalized. Of course, I'm only 63. Only I'm 63. Like, Come on. And so, right. And so we're going to, we're going to run this because God is blessing. He's saying, Dave, I got something else for you to do. And this is what I want you to do. And it's awesome. So praise God for that. Oh, man, I love it. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time, Dr. Clark. Always my pleasure. First three-timer. I will cherish that. I'm going to tell the blonde. It's hard to impress her. I think she'll be impressed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds great.